Your Money Replay from Money FM 89.3. Money and Me on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. We're hacking the air miles game. We know that for many of you, you are very, very passionate about air miles, collecting every single mile that your dollar can earn for you. So we're going to help you out with that regard with two gentlemen from Money Smart. They're a financial comparison website. This is the first of a four-part series that we're doing with the good people at Money Smart. Time to say welcome to Mark Cheng and Terence Kwa. How are you guys doing this morning? Morning, Michelle. Thanks for having us. Hey, good to have you with us. So first up, Mark, I I wonder if you can share a bit of how passionate you think people are about the whole air miles game. Sure. Well, I mean, to be honest, as a financial comparison site, you know, we do get a lot of questions around credit cards. And I would say that when it comes to air miles, people are really passionate about it. We've seen people, you know, sharing Excel spreadsheets where they track their spending down to a T to make sure that, you know, they're getting the most miles per dollar. So it does get pretty intense. We, we got a bit of a shock as well, right? Didn't Excel realize spreadsheets. Excel spreadsheets. Not even kidding. Yeah, <laughs> going old school. Okay, wonderful. So maybe Terence, you want to kick us off with what we need to look out for. We all want the best Air Miles card. So what are some factors we need to consider? The usual things that you look out for when it comes to the choosing your Air Miles cards is one is what is the, the card's earn rate. So basically for every dollar that you spend on certain categories or based on your purchasing behavior, how much miles you earn per dollar, right? There are certain times that you also need certain cards charge a conversion fee for every time you transfer points into miles. So some cards offer zero conversion fees, some offer up to maybe say $25 to $30 conversion fees. But another thing that is obviously most important when it comes to choosing your credit cards is who the credit card partners with in terms of the frequent flyer programs. So certain cards partner up with Star Alliance, some with different airlines. So Seems it's up to basic, you. but actually you really want to check that out. Yeah, who yep. do you fly with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So Which different lines? people have different, yeah. different preferences. Yeah. Okay, great. Anything else you'd like to add to that? I guess, you know, typically uh, everyone says they want mouse, right? But, you know, when, when it comes to choosing one, I think it's, it's important for people to be aware of what they spend on. Uh, and you'd be surprised. I think not everyone is. <laughs> aware uh, of the categories exactly, like dining exactly. or shopping. Yeah, you don't want to just get any old mouse card, right? You want something that rewards you for what you spend the most money on. Got it, yeah. got it. But the difficulty with the earn rate, right, is it's not always that transparent because sometimes you get five times what you would on certain categories versus yeah. other and you know navigating that minutia is difficult so what would you say to someone trying to figure out what the earn rate is well I mean I think most cards are quite direct around the categories that they award you more miles for I think one of the things to pay attention to is let's say for example you realize that one particular card rewards you for dining spend right and you decide okay I'm going to get the card mm-hmm. I think it's important to understand how much you're going to get because it's not as if all the cards give you, let's say, five times in perpetuity, right? There could be a cap uh, on how much you're getting there. So I think it's important to also realize how much you're actually going to be earning from that in relation to what you spend. If the cap is relatively low, then you might also need to explore other areas where you can maximize your expenditure on if you're trying to accrue miles as well. Okay, do you have some tips and strategies on how to go about collecting the most air miles besides travel as often as you possibly can and always (laughs) fly? And, uh, you know, which airlines have the best airline loyalty programs? I mean, people want to know when deciding on which alliance to go with. That's a tricky one. 
Yeah, so for, from what we see, the Chris Flyer, Chris Flyer is the most popular one. I think it's a bit of a nationalism. We are mm. proud to be uh, associated with Singapore Airlines. So yes. that's why most of the credit cards nowadays are you know partner up with Chris Flyer. Like for example, premium miles. Every time you spend, you earn about one point three miles for every dollar that you spend. Premium miles. Premium miles. Citibank. Bank is yeah. It? Okay. So from what we see, this is one of the more popular cards out there in the market really? at, at the moment. Yeah. Mm. The unique selling point of this particular credit card is he has miles that don't expire. Right. So you can spend and then spend, spend, spend. You accumulate these points, transfer the points into miles and then when, when you think you'll be travelling you can transfer them into miles and then, you know, utilise them. Okay, yeah. so I'm just going to cut to the chase. One of the five best air mile cards out there. Um, I suppose that your, your site has ranked according to different criterion but overall, what are the top five best air mile cards out there right now? I would say, like I mentioned, this, uh, it depends on the user, your individual, right? At the moment, what we can see is that Premium Mouse, Citibank Premium Mouse is one of the top and most popular cards out there. Mm-hmm. Second, I would go for UOB Chris Flyer credit card. Okay. Third, Amex Chris Flyer Blue. Oh, is that what you have? It is. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. UOB Privy. Ah. Uh, second card by UOB. Yes. And the, the fifth was a little bit difficult to, to choose, but I, I picked the OCBC 90 degrees card. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was impossible for me to choose. I mean, even between the Amex cards, I could have got the other one, but for some reason, I think I chose this one because it was free. You know what I mean? Yeah. You also look at yeah. which cards are waiving their fees yeah. for the first year because that makes sense. Yeah, maybe one of the things that people should also take note of, right? I don't necessarily think that it's always the case where just because your fee is waived means the card is any better than a card that you need to pay fees on but you get more in return as well. Well, it depends on whether or not you're going to hit those targets. Yes, exactly. If not, then it's just money out of the pocket. For for sure, exactly. For sure. So I think a lot of uh, banks when they do charge annual fee, there is some level of value that they place behind charging you that fee, right? I I think if you're new to the miles game though, looking for for a card that waives your first year makes a lot of sense. Yeah, completely agree. Okay, so in terms of a comparison, what would you say to the people who are really finessing the differences between these top five cards, okay? And they want to figure out what's best for them. Uh, Can you give us a comparison between the five you listed? Uh, sure. In my opinion, if let's say if you're relatively new to the Namawas game and you're you're not really educated or you're not you don't know the full details, you you put a uh, a very good mass market card like Citibank Premium Miles, right? Okay. okay. But if for me personally, I take a bit of grab rights and the earn rate for every grab right for every dollar that you spend on grab, you earn actually three miles, three point one miles actually. Interesting. Yeah. So that's why for me personally, I have both for the Premium Miles and the, and the Amex Chris Flyer card. Okay. Yep. Yep. But at the same time, uh, for the other cards, like for example, the UOB Chris Flyer KFCC card, Uh if you spend a substantial amount on food delivery and online shopping, that is a card you you should be picking actually because the earn rate on that is three miles per dollar. Wow. Yeah. So it really depends on your... uh, And that last card that you picked, why? Why did you pick that one? It's because when it comes to... And what overseas, is that card again? OCBC90. OCBC I, I picked that because it has one of the highest earn rates when you spend overseas. Ah. So for every dollar you spend overseas, you get four miles. Okay, wow. So since we're talking about air miles cards, we, uh, there's an assumption that the person using this credit card travels sig- significantly. Okay. So I, I would also assume that they would spend use this credit card and spend overseas. So we're in this time and in this period where we're realizing that kiasuism hurts everybody around us if we're too kiasu. Now is not the time, you know, don't overbuy the masks. You don't have to stock <laughs> up on the yeah. gels. Yeah. Uh, but do you have more than one Air Miles card? Speaking of kiasuism. 
Yes, yes I do actually Yeah I think before the show We were talking a little bit About this right So I had My first ever credit card Was a premium loss card And I've always had it Ever since then And because I don't travel That often Those mm-hmm. The fact that The non-expiry date Of the miles uh, Serves my purpose actually Yeah that makes a lot of sense What about you? So I'm, I'm not much of a miles guy I think one of the things That people also need to recognize When they're getting into the game Is that You do need to be a bit patient <laughs> uh, It's very different from Let's say a cashback card Where you get cashback On either a monthly or quarterly basis you know this is something that uh, like we say you need to be in it for the long haul uh. are you a cash yeah. cashback guy then? yes yes I've got am. a schism happening right yeah. here <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but that's the thing right you know and I, I think you know we did mention that at this point in time people may not be traveling but miles aren't that simple in the sense that one obviously you need to accrue them you're not gonna you know get a credit card today and go traveling tomorrow or redeem flights and secondly I think what people may miss out is the fact that you can't just get any old flight that you want Right, it's still based on the supply that's available. Yep. If you're trying to redeem, let's say, a business class ticket in the middle of December when everyone is traveling, yep. then good luck to you, lah. There's a certain know. category of flights that will give you the miles. Precisely. So, so, so there is a level of planning ahead involved yes. with this, and I think that that's also something that's important to consider in the context of you utilizing your miles. So let's cut to the chase. What should you be doing if you want to redeem a ticket as quickly as possible, an air ticket? So I, I think, you know, we, we say this all the time, right? I think one of the fastest ways to jumpstart your miles collection journey is to look out for sign-up bonuses that banks offer. Those typically come with a caveat for expenditure. Like, you know, you need to spend X amount in a certain period of time yeah. to qualify that. But if you do, that large sum of, of bonus miles actually really helps you to kickstart your journey faster. So, you know, I, I think this is something that I think a lot of people are pretty accustomed to right now. Going to get married, pay for a big wedding banquet, it, right, that should easily help you to fulfill the minimum spend requirement and you get a huge bunch of miles which you can use for your honeymoon. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. That's a good strategy. You want to add to that? Yeah, actually another consider a bit of a shameless plug here. If <laughs> let, let's say if you actually ask being a comparison website, we are in close, we have very close partnerships with the banking partners. So from time to time, we offer very lucrative exclusive and in terms of welcome bonuses uh, for example we are in partnership with Amex and if you sign up only via Money Smart, you get additional miles so I would I would recommend people who are interested in getting as miles as fast as okay. possible to sign up for these cards on Money Smart. Okay so I would say check out what the sign up rates are between different comparison sites financial comparison sites so you get the best one for yourself yep. the best deal. Let's move now to multi-currency cards they rocked my world when I first got one because I thought what <laughs> Wow, look at how much I'm saving yeah. without having to pay those conversion fees, right? So let's talk about the top five multi-currency cards that you're seeing that are the most popular maybe on your site, Money Smart. Well, I mean, I think it's still a relatively young game. I think the three main guys in the market right now are are Utrip, which have been very aggressive in their marketing online. TransferWise is another big company from the UK and Revolut just launched uh, last year in Singapore. So these three guys are, are really coming in with a strong proposition, like you mentioned, Michelle, to help people save uh, money on conversion fees uh, when they're overseas. I think one of the other things that it also allows you to do as it acts as a wallet is it also allows you to withdraw money overseas as well. And you know, I think we know typically when you were to use your own bank ATM card to withdraw money overseas, mm. you be charged a fee every time you withdraw money. So I think some of these providers actually allow you to do that without a fee overseas from your account as well. Okay. Do you guys both have a multi-currency card? 
I have actually just signed up for one. I actually <laughs> signed up for Revolut because I'm going to the US in April. That's wonderful. Uh, yeah. Okay, well, I signed up uh, with one because they were on my show and they were nice <laughs> enough to come with a card for me. <laughs> wow. So I thought, well, I have to give this a try and this is the RHB Travel FX. And I understand though that the Payment Services Act has come into four and that means that the maximum card balance at any time, so there are limits on it now with the Payment Services Act, which you should be aware of with these multi-currency cards because it limits you know what your card balance should be total card transactions should not exceed sometimes 30,000 a year mm. so it's a way to cap how much you can benefit of these multi-currency cards yep. I wonder if you think that multi-currency wallets and we, when we were talking about it when they first came out we referred to it as sort of a money changer in your pocket almost mm. you know do you see them ultimately replacing money changes? Well I mean if we're talking about Ultimately, that's that's a pretty long time. I don't think that money changes are going anywhere in the near f- or even medium term future. I, I can't remember the last time yeah. I went to one. But the truth is that there are quite a few countries, <laughs> quite a lot of countries that still not on the d- list. Exactly that they aren't you know digitally enabled sure. or they don't accept. And you're always um, in petty cash. Ca- so to yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, credit cards have been around for years, maybe even de- decades, right? And even up to today in uh, Singapore, only 7 out of 10 people have credit cards. So when it comes to multi-currency, which I believe has been only be- been in Singapore, what, three, four, five years? It is a new player. Yeah, is, yeah I, I don't see them replacing money changes anytime soon. So help people out there understand what they need to do to compare between the multi-currency cards and what's best for them. Money smart. Well, <laughs> well so, so, so we've done, a, we've, done a, yeah, we've done a couple of comparisons on these services. I think what you need to use them for matters, right? There are certain uh, companies that allow remittance services even um, and there are some that don't, right? So if you don't need those features, if you don't want to overcomplicate things, that's a consideration to make. The other consideration is, of course, the actual currencies that you need. I mean, if you're going to, you know, the, the main say, countries like Australia, the US, the UK, that's going to apply to almost every <laughs> good multi-currency platform. Precisely. But then if you're going to slightly more obscure countries and even some of the countries in Southeast Asia, I think previously, quite a few of the multi-currency accounts from the banks didn't cover all those countries. So I think it's important to consider where you're going as well or where you might go. But of course, with a lot of the newer players, like the ones I mentioned, like Utrip and Revolut and TransferWise, they cover a very broad spectrum of um, currencies that you can change for. And then, of course, there are other smaller features, right? Some platforms allow you to monitor the FX rates live. Yes, um, I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just nice to see it go up and down, right? <laughs> I actually, um, I, I save half my budget and then when I'm overseas, I change the, the half that I have because I'm waiting for the rates to be favorable to me. Exactly. So I, I think this is something that, that people are getting used to and, and it's, it becomes somewhat of, okay, I won't say it's a game, but yeah, you know, it's, I know what it, you mean. It, it's it is pretty exciting. Yeah. 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 So that's something that that people can do as well if they wish, yeah. right? But I think at the end of the day, you know, if your basic purpose is just to make sure you get the best exchange rates and are able to spend money overseas without incurring more fees, then, you know, just get something that's Help simple. Help us understand uh, the fees again on these multi-currency cards. Is it every time you change, do you incur a fee? Because, you know, if people want to swap out, maybe they're going to the US and then after that, they're on a trip to Delhi. So, you know, when you, they swap from their currency USD to, you know, what they need to use in India, uh, the rupee, is that 
going to incur a fee? I think it, because of the competition right now, I think a lot of these guys are trying to absorb the fees at the initial stage. Some platforms allow you to convert without any fee when the markets are open. So I think that's also a function of their own business processes as well. So that's you know something to take note of. And like I mentioned, the other thing in terms of fees is the withdrawal fee. There are certain companies, if I recall correctly, I think Utrip does charge you like $5 per withdrawal, whereas some of the others don't. Yeah, yeah, they don't. Okay, so final words of advice for listeners who want to get started on their multi-currency card journey or maybe experience and want to know, just tell me what's the best out there. <laughs> I would say, in my, in my opinion, I personally signed up for a Utrip card. Yeah, but I think it's really good because, I mean, there are small other little benefits and peripherals that make your life a little bit what easier. What attracted you? To be honest, is the EasyLink card. Oh. Yeah, there's the EasyLink functionality of the card, as well as the, like he was mentioning about, and when it comes to withdrawal fees, uh, Utrip charges a flat fee of $5 regardless of amount. So some other partners may not provide a fee, they but might it, it totally. it's capped at a certain uh, withdrawal amount. Yes. Correct. What I like about uh, Utrip is that across all the other cards is that, like you said, um, that the exchange rate is based on live market rates. Mm. If I'm able to monitor, and usually the rates are tighter during the week because the FX uh, markets are open during the week, that's the best time you should uh, exchange. Well, it's been great having you both here. I wonder if you have some final words of wisdom to do with money for our listeners. You know, we're all about making the most of your money. Well, I think at a baseline level, it's important to be aware of your money. I think a lot of people, especially in the context of multi-currency cards and, and miles cards, are, are not actually very aware of what they're spending on. And I think that just being aware of how your expenditure is split informs a lot of decisions that you make further down the road. So you know? get that Excel sheet going for yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> Would you say you've gotten a lot more money savvy since working at Money Smart? Definitely. Yes, actually. <laughs> whether yes. whether we put it into practice is a d- different question altogether. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for your honesty. I get that. Well, great having you both here with us and we'll see you next time. Mark Cheng and Terence Kwa, both from Money Smart. This is the first of a four-part series we're doing with Money Smart. So we'll welcome you guys back soon. Before Thanks, acting sure. on thank the Information on Money FM. Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.